0: Welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I am ABC News Chief White House Correspondent, John Carl. And I'm ABC News Political Director, Rick Klein. And we are joined by one of the absolute greatest of all time, Mr. Cal Ripken. Uh, As I recall, you were in the All-Star Game 19 times. I believe it's only Hank Aaron, Willie Mays. And Stan usual that had more All Star games. It's pretty good company. <laughs> it's
1: pretty <laughs> damn good company. I had to sign a lot of autographs to keep my popularity up to keep vote, <laughs> getting
0: voted in. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. And and I want to ask you about this amazing program you're doing here, RBI, revising reviving baseball in the inner cities. Five million dollars to build facilities uh, in in America's inner cities, baseball facilities. But first, I got to ask you, we had the we had the home run derby. You won the home run derby. I did. What was it like watching Bryce Harper win it at home the way he wanted? You should have asked me if I saw it or not.
1: <laughs> I'm I, I had a late event last night, and I uh, got a chance to check in on it, but yeah. I didn't really get a chance to see the drama unfold. But if I was to uh, pick someone that had, was a favorite for last night, Bryce would have been the pick. Yeah. Um, he somehow has the ability to rise to the occasion, hometown crowd, a lot of enthusiasm, and uh, I understood his back was to the wall, and he kind of came from behind and uh, tied it up and won it. Uh, in the extra time. I mean, the flair, the
0: drama. You know, it looked like he was out of it. It looked like he was totally out of it. So, you—you I, I, you of course are Mr. Oriole. You—you you spent your entire career uh, with with the Baltimore Orioles. Bryce Manny Machado, both facing free agency. Do you have any advice for those guys? What does it mean to play for one team? For your, for your entire career?
1: I don't know if I can relate uh, to some of the pressures that are going on now. I mean, the yeah. scrutiny is uh, far greater, I think, than when I play. Social media, um, news gets out uh, in the cycle very, very quickly. I can relate a little bit. as They fired my dad in 1988, and I was a free agent at the end of that year, and I thought that I was going to play for another team. So I was trying to prepare myself, and at the same time, I was – um, the rumor, the subject of rumor of being traded for uh, to the Yankees and uh, to the Red Sox. And that was very unsettling to me. So in Manny Machado's case, I can feel for him in his free agent year. Um, there's a lot of speculations. Everybody seems to want him, and he's got to deal with that while playing. And my advice to him would be just try to put that out of your mind. Let your agent take care of the business side. You, bec- you become the player. Um, Bryce, I might be able to relate a little bit. In my uh, free agent year, or when my contract was uh, uncertain, I let it go into uh, uh, the year one time, and I couldn't keep my mind from going up and down. You know, when you, when you got a few hits, it seemed like contract negotiations um, increased. Right. And then when you got into a slump, it seemed like they went away. So you were thinking about that. as. So, they, as so yeah. So uh, I allowed the business side to kind of creep in. And the harder you try, um, baseball doesn't work that way. Um, there are times when you can call it up, but you need to keep an even keel. And you need to get on a roll. And uh, Bryce's early struggles, I mean, he's still a great player those early struggles uh, um, could be seen as I'm trying too hard, I'm trying to do too much or they're walking me a lot and I'm going to try to make something happen for myself and for the team and I can totally relate to that. So you
2: you were you were playing in Baltimore about 30 miles up the road here from Washington at a time that there was no team in Washington. Right. Baltimore was kind of the de facto hometown team for a, a generation of Washingtonians. Were you cognizant of that? Did you know what it meant to be kind of Washington's team? Was that special like it is for the Nationals now to have you know, this is a place you can go on any given night at Nats Park and see people—Democrats, Republicans—sitting next to each other. One of the few places everyone convenes. Uh,
1: yes, I, I consider this our market. You know? Yeah. So uh, it was one big market, uh, and it was fun. We came down to DC as much as we uh, stayed in Baltimore on the promotional uh, circuit, and it's kind of weird to kind of think that it's not the Orioles' territory anymore. Um, it's an excitable baseball place, a lot of people, uh, they love sports, so uh, it's a little bit of an adjustment for me uh, to kind of share that with the Nationals now or we'll give it up to the Nationals, but uh, it's, a, it's a happy baseball place and it's, good, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good uh, backdrop for the All-Star game. And
2: did you ever think about what it meant to be kind of Washington's team? I mean, this is, it, this is a place that obsesses over politics in a, in a different sort of way. It obsesses over sports as well.
1: Yeah, you know, I analyze things to the nth degree, but <laughs> in this particular case, I didn't. I just accepted the fact that we had seven million people, yeah, um, and our TV coverage went down uh, to the Carolinas and all that kind of stuff. So we seemed a little bit more of a regional team, and I was really happy because in Baltimore, we feel like a small town. But when you add Washington there, it seems like it's a, it's a gigantic city. So I was always happy and proud to um, to have this as our area.
0: I want to ask you about some of the changes to the game. Uh, one, of the, one of the things there's a lot of talk about now is the defensive shifts. And actually, Scott Boris, Bryce's agent, has brought this up and said that's the re- that's why his batting average is low this year. What do, what do you make of that? There's some people that want to out, you know, you ban mean, the show. You didn't catch me rolling my eyes <laughs> yeah, <on the> TV. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I totally disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, the ba- baseball game... Um, you should be able to play anywhere you want in between the white lines. Yeah. You can't stand in foul territory, but you can play anywhere in fair territory. So if your intelligence says this is where we play and this is how we pitch, you should be able to do that. I think you're going to find out that the shifts um, and, and you're starting to find out don't work as well as they originally thought they did. They seem to be something that people had some success at doing and then all of a sudden everybody did it. Um, uh, my example would be Joe Madden with the... Uh, Tampa Bay, they shifted more than anybody in the beginning. Yeah. And now you look at them now and they shift less than any, anyone in the beginning. So I think your analytics will start to prove out that it's not the exact way to play the game. So I think it's an overreaction to say, you put more people on one side of the infield. You have options as a hitter. You can adjust to that. And uh, I, just, I don't think the shift is... Uh, is a cause for lower batting average.
0: What are some of the rule changes to speed the game up? I mean, the, the one that kind of bothers me, honestly, is the uh, the intentional walk. You don't have to throw the four pitchers
1: pitches anymore. At, at first that bothered me, because I'm thinking that's kind of an amateur thing, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, uh, to speed up the uh, rule. But as you watch it a little bit more... You know, how many times do you mess that up at the yeah. big league level you can throw and catch? So, I mean, that doesn't offend me. A clock seems to offend me a little bit um, at the big league level to say, okay, you got to throw a pitch within. Um, but, uh, I think you can shape the game by doing that in the minor leagues and kind of increase the pace. Um, but the game of baseball is, a, is an intricate, complicated game, and you need to let it kind of flow. And I think uh, if you put too much emphasis on speeding up, you lose some of that.
0: George Willis proposed banning Velcro.
1: Uh, I mean, you didn't even wear batting
0: gloves for, from the beginning, did you? Or I mean, uh, I Yes, mean, I did. did I'm, I'm but, not that old. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Helmets the whole thing. So I had one batting glove in the beginning, yeah. but uh, it's an advantage to be able to control the sweat yeah. and then control yeah,
0: the
2: dirt. So one of the focuses of this program of reviving baseball in the inner mm-hmm. cities is it, focusing on the fact that there are so many fewer African-American kids playing baseball these days and you see it in the numbers in the major leagues what's behind that do you think and how do you turn it around with programs like this and just generating
1: interest in
2: all the communities in so I,
1: I don't know what the cause is or uh, why certain people are playing in the big leagues and whatnot to me it seems like it's becoming more of a world sport and yeah you're attracting uh, talent from all over the place but um, You know, in uh, our programs, uh, we're not looking at finding big league players. We're looking at helping kids. And we've decided to build fields uh, to create outdoor classrooms. Now, we'll find a big leaguer every once in a while, but um, we used to do that one field at a time. And thanks to Dan and Group 1001, we now can... $5 million donation. uh, $5 million uh, they pledged and put up which gives us the ability to leverage that to raise other funds. And then we can start to plan um, a bigger picture. And then MLB's RBI program, um, now we have the programmatic part. They They have a great history and depth of reaching those kids. So I would say if MLB's part of their program is to expose the sport, you know, to people that can't always play the sport, and that's a good thing for them. But to us, it's worrying about sending kids in the right direction and making them uh, um, uh, people that can contribute to society and, and, and be good and kind of move, nudge them in the right direction. So I think our, our agendas are a little bit different. We're not trying to find big league players. We're just trying to help kids.
0: It's 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 a great it's a great program. It's a great goal. The Washington Nationals have the Nats Academy, which which is exactly like that. They're not trying to. It's not even all baseball. It's it's about it's about helping kids. So I know you have to go, but I've got two kind of hometown questions for you. Okay. Um, first of all, it's down at the uh, the Fan Fest, and you see all the the awards. You have the the Hank Aaron Award for the best uh, offensive player. You've got the um, uh, you've got you know various awards. Jackie named. Robinson Award. Jackie Robinson Clemente Award. You've got Awards named for various players who were dominant. Rod Carew, uh, uh, Tony Gwynn Awards for batting average. We have the Gold Glove Award. You're a Baltimore Oriole. I would say arguably the greatest defensive player of all time is Brooks Robinson. For sure. So I'm trying to get something lobbying here. I'm lobbying. (laughs) In
1: Washington,
0: you're lobbying. What do you you think about the idea of renaming the Gold Glove Award the Brooks Robinson Gold Glove Award? Can we get you on board?
1: Uh, For sure. Okay. I'm I'm with you. Uh, That was an easy one. He was my hero growing up. Um, he was amazing at third base. Uh, he earned every one of those gold gloves. And uh, so if there's someone that's deserving of that, uh, um, that naming that award, it's him.
0: Okay, we, we, we started a movement. Right, got it. It starts right it here. Going. And then, and then my, my final hometown question, really hometown question here is, when the, Mat, when the Nats were looking for a manager a few years ago and they ended up hiring Matt Williams, you were under consideration. You thought about it. You decided not to do it. Do we think we can get you here in a Nats uniform managing this team as the next manager of the water? Uh, you
1: know, I've been flattered uh, many times where uh, um, uh, clubs have qu- inquired about me doing sure. that, and for some reason or another, it didn't work out in that phase of your life, um, and now I'm starting to make different decisions. So I don't know if that's yeah. passed me by, or right. I still have a little bit left in my tank. I often thought about uh, when I retired from baseball I went into a new area of business and uh, you can apply your principles and your uh, logic to those uh, lines of business but you needed help um, in the uh, in the big league scene I spent my whole life understanding uh, that part of the game um, I would need less help if I uh, was in a position to make some baseball decisions so Maybe I still got a little left in my tank. I don't know. We'll so, see, we'll so, see what so we, we can make that Are a definite you maybe. Me a job?
0: Uh, you know, I, I, I've got friends over with the learners. I know okay, them well. I'm, sure. I'm going to go have a conversation. That's like as those soon of, as we're done with this.
2: better <laughs> of those answers, you get you running for president. We get all of this like, oh, you know. I've got no Davis.
0: plans.
2: i hey, got no, that's, I'm not that's, running that's, for president. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a definitive answer. <laughs> or final <even> final governor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cal Ripken Jr., one of the greatest baseball players of all time and a great guy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for Powerhouse Politics.